Hello, and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your co-host, Jonathan, and with me today is my brother and co-host, Larry. This month, we're doing an October Halloween special, and today's episode is on The Haunting of Hill House. We're going to take a look at the 2018 Netflix series, um, which is directed by Mike Flanagan, and we're also taking a look at um, the original haunting adaptation released in 1963. Both of these adapted screenplays, I guess you could call them, are based off of a novel by Shirley Jackson called The Haunting of Hill House. And we're going to focus a lot of our time on the Mike Flanagan remake in 2018, um, but we're also going to talk a little bit about the original 1963 version as well. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you who don't know about The Haunting of Hill House, essentially it's about this mansion called Hill House and the sort of evil or presence of ghosts and spirits that kind of reside um, in and around uh, Hill House. And uh, I guess we should start with the 1963 version. Yes. Yeah, we can. Okay. I can give a summary for it if you. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Sure. Okay. So the haunting, the 1963 version, it's a story about this, a woman. Her name is Eleanor Lance. She has been taking care of her mother ever since she was very young, and because her mother was um, disabled, and so most of her life was just growing up and taking care of her mother. And then it wasn't until her mother passes away, and this is about like two months after that funeral, is when Eleanor decides to like go out there and do something else, you know, be something, I guess. And so. Uh, the first thing she does is she applies for this job posting about this um, parapsychologist, I want to say. He, uh, Dr. John Montague, I believe, and he wants to uh, rent this home called Hill House because he belie- cause he's heard a lot of rumors that it was haunted and such. Mm-hmm. And so he hires Eleanor and hires Theodora and also a third, uh, another another heir who lives in the house with, with them. is His name is Luke. And he brings them to this place. And so basically when Eleanor first gets there, she kind of feels like this uneasy presence. And as she gets there, she learns a little bit more about the history of Hill House from the doctor. And But then like as like she spends the nights there and starts exploring the home, she starts to feel like the house is like calling for her or the house wants her to be there, mm-hmm. you know, that she feels like she belongs there because, you know, um, after living such a, a rather like a kind of lifestyle she didn't want to live. Um, she feels like she's finally free and this home that kind of represents that. Um, that's why she feels so drawn to it. And essentially it's about her experiences throughout the house, basically. And, and this house has had actually a lot of history. The house was built by this man named Hugh Crane, and he's had like like a wife or two. And uh, for some reason, they've all had like misfortunate happenings occur to them, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty crazy. Cause yeah. Basically, Hugh Crane created, built this house for like the the woman that he loves, but then they've never been able to really see it or experience it. And so, a lot of people say that the house is haunted because of that. You know, it's it's haunted by like his wives and by the by Crane himself. So. Yeah, and it's also like not very clear like why it's haunted or like why the house is the way that it is. It's just that's just how the house is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so this version I heard was a lot closer to the novel um, and stayed a little bit truer to kind of the the spirit of the novel. And I felt like it was fine, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? I liked it the more, like, I sat on it and the more I, like, read up on it. I appreciate it a lot more because, um, like... When I finished this film, I felt a little underwhelmed because I was like, I don't remember, like nothing much happened. But like, I think that was kind of the point of it because like throughout the whole film, you're not sure if Eleanor is just tripping or if it actually is haunted because the thing is no one else really experiences it. Theodore maybe a little bit, but otherwise like Eleanor is pretty much the only one who, who does. And so it makes you really think about like, I think Eleanor is just tripping the house isn't haunted at all, you know, and she's kind of posing it onto other people you know Mm. what i mean Mm -hmm. um and like it's that idea throughout the whole film like like the more i thought about it i was like yeah i think the whole time i think only eleanor really experienced it no one else really talked about their experiences or happenings you know yeah and so yeah because i felt underwhelmed i was like you know what maybe i should watch the 1999 version and i did that and that was like instant regret so yeah yeah then let's not talk about the no, 1999 no. there's a reason why it's not on this list yeah we we skipped it we skipped it um, um yeah but yeah so so the whole film plays on the idea of like you're not sure if it actually is haunted or if eleanor's just tripping the book does that exact same thing as well so there's no ever really any clear answers as to you know how you know what the house actually is and what Eleanor really is, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 And you know, like, I guess because I know the story of Hill House, you know, mm-hmm. I thought it was funny to like hear the character Eleanor like talk about like all the things that she thinks Hill House is, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh, I'm not crazy. Like Hill House wants me, you know, and all this mm-hmm. stuff." And I was like, "You know, it might want you, girl, but not in the way that you think, you know." Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is out to kill you, so do not mm-hmm. even don't even think that it's it's like in a good way, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it is like symbol. In a way, it could be like themes and symbolism mm-hmm. of like her of her moving forward, her moving on. Oh, yeah. And this house represents that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for um, sure. There's that aspect of it. And, like, the the first biggest um, experience that they had at the house was the pounding, right? The knocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, like, the moment I knew immediately it was, like, this is a more character-driven story, was when she mentioned that, you know, oh, like, I remember growing up back home. Like, I would always hear the pounding of my mother's cane whenever she needed something. I'm like, oh, oh, I knew it. There it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just knew immediately. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like, now, like, the fact that you hear something that's, like, a reminiscent of, you know, like, a, like a, not really nostalgia in this case. but Like, like a memory. Like a memory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So something that reminds you of something that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. You hear that exact same thing at where you're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's definitely something personal to you. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. only to you. Yeah. Like, it doesn't affect Theodore or Luke or the Doctor. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, not in the way that it affects Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. Like, I, I think that it's, it's, it's good for its time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I still feel like it was... Um, I still feel like it was lacking a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like this one was, like, overly trophy, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, because like, like how? Because you got, like, the Doctor who's this, like supposedly like older okay i don't like the way that the film like portrays like men and women you know 
um, like, 63. I know. It's, I know it's 1963, <laughs> and I know I should be a little bit more gracious, but it's just so, like, the women are like, oh, I need you. I need men, you know? And then, then the guys are like, oh, yes, I'm here to save you and protect you, you know? And I'm just like, oh, God, you know? like I, I think uh, the 99 version actually makes a play on that. It's really funny. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they make a play on that. Yeah. They make fun of it. Um. Actually, do you know why Theodora is actually a Hill House? No, I don't. I don't think I caught why, but she. I know she has like ESP, which is why mm-hmm. you know she was invited to come. But yeah, I don't know the, what you're trying to get at. One of the main reasons why she left Hill, why she left to go to Hill House was one, you know, she had ESP. The doctor wanted her. Yeah, but she was trying to get over a breakup she had with her girlfriend, mm. and that was an undertone that not everyone got around the first time yeah. and i thought about it i was like hey doesn't that happen in the tv show <laughs> kind of it does that character trait so to speak carries through yeah carries through. but here's the thing like in the 1963 version like theo is a very much like trope of like what it means to be a quote lesbian woman you know she's very much like in your face an aggressive character an aggressive personality you know like, she's, like, um, she's kind of badass, you know, like, in the 63 version. And so I think it's a little too tropey. Oh, okay. But then in the in the remake, I won't go into it now, but I will okay. talk about it when we talk about the remake. About yeah. about why I think it's redeemed in, in, okay. in, in the remake version. Maybe we should just start talking about the remake. Yeah, we'll just start <laughs> talking about the remake. So, essentially, if you want, like, a more faithful classic adaptation Iconic, yeah. of The Haunting. Mm-hmm of hill house you have the haunting 1963 version mm-hmm. um it's per- it's fairly similar to the book so so now haunting of hill house mm-hmm. oh my gosh where do we start okay so the haunting of hill house the 2018 netflix tv show centers around again this house called hill house but instead of a group of random strangers it's about a family who lives at hill house for i don't know a few weeks maybe maybe more um a summer yeah a summer and it's this father and mother hugh and olivia i believe who are trying to flip hill house and they're trying to like redo it remodel it renovate it so they could sell hill house so they can essentially move in to their dream house in the meantime while they're flipping this house the kids are very young. Um, Steve is the oldest, and Steve is probably 12 at the time. And there's five kids total. There's Steve in birth order, Steve, Shirley, Theo, Luke, and Nell. And so those are the five kids. And essentially, things are kind of going down as they're living their summer here at Hill House while the parents are flipping the house. And the story actually starts off with two timelines kind of coming together and converging uh, towards the end. And one timeline is called Hill House Then, and then the other timeline is Hill House Now. And these two timelines are, again, then is with the kids, and now is when the kids are all grown up and they're adults. I mean, like, middle-aged adults, not just, like, college you know age but every single kid is kind of going through their own trauma that they experienced at hill house in different ways and this trauma sort of manifests itself in sometimes in ghost form sometimes in bad choices and memories and stuff that haunt them and the film kind of uh reaches this 
I don't know what the word is. Kind of like a turning point. I shouldn't say the film, the TV series. The TV series reaches a turning point or pinnacle when the youngest sibling, Nell, kills herself um, at Hill House. Now, Hill House had been abandoned for a super, super duper long time. Nobody is allowed in. And Nell ends up going back to the house and killing herself inside the house. And that forces the entire family to come back together and face all the trauma that happened to them as children and as a family when they were living in Hill House. So yeah, it's an amazing story. <laughs> amazing story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I, I'm just, I try to get people to watch it all the time. You know, I know you do. And <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I am with other shows too, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, I get it. It's a scary TV show. So you don't want to, you know, watch it and, and, and get scared and, and, and all that stuff. Um, if you want to get scared, watch before I wake. Okay? <laughs> then you tell me if Hill House is scary. Right, 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 right. Hill House is, is, is it's just such a good story, you know? And if you want to watch it with me, I will sit down and watch it with you and I will tell you when all the scary stuff happens so that you could be prepared, okay? Um, it's just a really, really good, really, really good film. I, I mean, stories, TV series. I keep saying film. Um, <laughs> so I guess we should start from the beginning, right? I don't know. Where do you, no, you want to start? I, I, don't, I don't even know how you can start it. Um, talk episode by episode this is gonna be a really long this gonna really be long really, podcast. okay so well we can just kind of give like a brief rundown of like what happens in well like of what each episode does because essentially the first five episodes are about each kid yeah mm-hmm. yeah which was really great i thought that was a really good way to introduce all the characters right i thought that was brilliant because like yeah you have five kids five episodes easy mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and the rest of the five episodes talks to i think you have one episode dedicated to the father. Actually, mm-hmm. no. You have a you practically have an episode dedicated to all the characters, huh? Mm-hmm. Basically, right? yeah. Because the yeah, mom gets her. Yeah, the, the mom oh, gets her episode too. The ending of the mom's episode is so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they 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 do pretty much each get their own episodes. Yeah, that's true. Huh? The dad, the dad's episode's not that in depth, but oh, uh, I guess it is. No, no, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because because he gets interrogated right by the police. Right, and he kind of yeah, goes yeah. through all that uh-huh. trauma and stuff. And yeah. we get to finally see from his perspective because the whole freaking time, you know, we keep seeing like, you know, why why is Hugh being so shady? You know, mm-hmm. why is Hugh not doing anything? Why mm-hmm. is Hugh this, this and this? Yeah. And then we see it from his perspective, like, oh my god, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this film, this film, this <laughs> yeah. story. We keep saying film. <laughs> We pra- okay. Uh, when Jonathan and I watched it, we practically watched it like a film because we binged this. We binged this over the course of like two, three days. Yeah, you you thought about calling in for work just yeah. because you wanted to watch Hill House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's all good. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember like I don't even remember how I had first heard about it. But you hadn't heard about it at all until I brought it up to you, right? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll watch it. I was like, yeah, sure, let's watch it. And, and then... little did I know that would change my whole life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. After the first episode, we were just like, what? You know? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, the first episode was really good. Oh, yeah. It is really good. Yeah, it's it, so good. It opens really good um, because it talk, cause it introduces um, Steven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Steve. He's like, he, yeah, he's, he's interviewing because uh, oh, Steve yeah. is a writer on um, – he writes on, on like haunted houses and, and such. ghost stories. Yeah, and so yeah. he's he's uh, the the first episode opens up with him taking an uh, an account of someone who experienced something uh, who has experienced something paranormal, mm-hmm. and the way she like narrates. It, oh my god, 
Her monologue is uh, so good. Her monologue is so good. And, like, this monologue would carry on throughout the whole series. Mm-hmm. Like, all the characters would have really, really good monologues. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. like, it's almost like a weird combination of, like, a play. Yeah. Like a TV show that you're watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like you're watching a play, but not in, like, um, not, like, in a... <laughs> Not in like a super duper slow sort of way, you know? Yeah. Um, because the monologues are so well written, so well acted out. I was watching it with a friend of mine and she doesn't do horror. And like literally nothing scary has happened yet. But this woman is just telling her story of mm-hmm. of her account of, of seeing her dead husband, um, like a vision of her dead husband. And my friend is like curled up in in her blanket because she's super scared like like there's no image you know like there's Mm -hmm. no image of of anything scary she's just this woman's literally just telling her story and it's just it's just so descriptive so well written and Mm -hmm. um and and you're just like oh my god like this story is crazy you know the the story Mm -hmm. that the woman is telling yeah. Um, and Steve, um, I guess we can go just episode by episode and character by character. But Steve's character sure. has a really hard time accepting that his siblings saw ghosts as children. Um, mm-hmm. And he has a hard time, like, accepting the paranormal. Yeah. And he's, he felt like he's never personally experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he kind of feels a little gypped because, you know, he was older. But also, I think it's just a way of him trying to cope with his mom's death because his mom killed himself and like the dad never told any of any any of the kids what was happening and so they all had to learn it from you know other people and other sources that you know were were out to get them and out to lie about them and so mm-hmm. like did, did we give a premise of what happens we didn't talk about cuz this happens in the first episode basically Hugh grabs all the kids and rushes them out of hill house mm-hmm. and they said and they said like don't don't come out just wait for me in the car and then, and then Hugh said he was going to get get the mom, right? But then, like maybe a couple minutes later, he comes back without the mom. And then that's when Steve goes and says, he's "Like, hey, where's mom? I thought you're going to come. I thought you're going to get mom. Where, where's mom?" And then Hugh just doesn't say anything, right? Mm, Hugh doesn't actually go back once. Once Hugh grabs Steve, he they just yeah leave. yeah yeah he, he doesn't he doesn't go back into the house after that. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, uh-huh. okay, okay. No. He just grabs Steve. Um, Steve is the last one, the last kid that he grabs, and yeah, yeah. and then he just like, they just run. The door shuts behind them, like, yeah. and then and then and then they they just go to the car and they they drive away. Um, and Steve yeah. has a hard time, like, you know, with that experience because he was old enough to remember, you know, everything mm-hmm. that was happening that night. Yeah, um, and was just kind of torn away from his mom. Um, and the next thing they're told is that their mom is dead you know, and supposedly that she killed herself or in Hugh's words, that the house killed her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So Steve just has a really hard time and he thinks that everybody in his family is mentally ill. And, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of comes up later again in his story arc and his, and his character, um, development. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that's the first episode I just recently also got the the DVD ex- the the Blu-ray extended, um, like director's <laughs> cut, and I'm so excited to watch it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh, okay. But okay. like, there's three episodes that are extended. Um, episode one is one of them. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm really excited to watch it. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh oh my goodness. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. And so 
that's Steve. And then Shirley is the second oldest. And her problem is that she's kind of a perfectionist. And she also has a very hard time accepting death. Because as a child, she had this very traumatic experience with death. Um, and has kind of just been unable to process what death means. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's actually an embalmer <laughs> and uh, somebody who works with um, funeral homes and stuff. She she owns a funeral home and she does all the work. And her husband does all of the like the bank money stuff. And mm-hmm. she runs the business. She embalms the bodies and she runs the services and, and does all that stuff. And she has a memory that's kind of haunting her. And she always just tries to be perfect. She has this really, really bad relationship with Steve because she believes that, oh, because Steve made his way to fame from writing about Hill House and about all the experiences that that they had as children. And Shirley just feels that that's unfair because Steve basically is exploiting their family for money. And Shirley has a real hard problem with that. So that's Shirley. Do you want to talk about Theo? Oh, actually, I'll talk about Theo because because yeah. I wanted to talk about the trope and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think you have a better memory of the characters, so you can go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can talk about it. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll chime in. I'll chime okay, in. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Theo is the middle child, and she also has this sort of ESP thing. If she touches something or if somebody touches her, she can essentially kind of tell. She has this very, very deep insight on the object or the person that is touching her or that she's touching. And Theo is similar to the 1963 version where she's kind of this like badass, you know, chick who like, she's like lesbian and she like goes out clubbing, you know, like the first time we see her, she's like at a, at a nightclub and she's like dancing. And then she has this like one night fling with this, with this other woman. And, and then she just kind of like dismisses her, you know? Um, and you kind of get this like sense that she is just kind of like she seems kind of like selfish and very like aggressive and rough and tough, you know. And and I feel like it could be Mike Flanagan and his writing team could have left it at that. But what they did was they fleshed out her character more. And Theo is actually also a therapist for children, and she works with children who are going through traumatic experiences whether that's like social anxiety children who are in the foster adoptive family system and she works with particularly difficult cases and i feel like this aspect to her character gives her character a sort of compassion and empathy that we wouldn't have seen otherwise and we would have just guessed that you know oh she's just this badass that just does whatever the heck she wants you know Mm-hmm. But we see that she has this deep care for children and this deep care to want to help children. And I think that that flips the trope up on its head, you know, that you don't have to be super affectionate, you know, empathetic and compassionate to in all of who you are. Like you could have this complex personality, you know, it's just different. And and I say that that the trope kind of gets flipped on its head because all I don't know if you knew this, Larry, but all the episodes that are based on the women of the family are actually written by women. And so Mike Flanagan has a writing team and like the episode on Shirley, the episode on Theo and the episode on Nell are all written by female writers. And I think that was done very intentionally because I think that if you were to give like if you were to give a guy like the responsibility to write about like, you know, any any one of the women characters, it might seem a little 
I don't know, like one note or uh, trope, like t- overly tropey, you know. And I think it's good that that they diversified their their team like that and and allowed um, women to write the episodes for the women characters. I think that that's really important. And I think it was a woman of color who actually wrote Theo's episode, which is like good to see, you know, representation from people of color too uh, on Mike Flanagan's uh, writing team. So that's Theo. And then we have Luke, who is a twin to Nell in this retelling of the story. And Luke has been haunted his whole life by the the bowler hat man. (laughs) And oh my gosh, the bowler hat man. (laughs) So freaking scary. (laughs) So creepy. Do you want to explain it? I feel like people might be tired of hearing my voice by now. Basically, what happened in hill house when luke was a kid he found this hat this bowler hat looking thing and he like you know keeps it plays with it whatever and then one night he sleeps he goes to sleep but then he hears like this uh knocking on wood sound um, yeah like a tapping like something's yeah tapping as if something's hitting the wood on the floor he's like what is that so he goes out of his room to take a peek and he sees like this floating figure <laughs> Like, going to each room and knocking on their door. And then that freaks the hell out of him. <laughs> he darts back into his bed. You know, hides under his sheets, whatever. He hides under it, the bed, actually. Hides under the bed? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Hide, hides under the bed. And then freaking the bowler hat goes, knocks on his door, opens it, walks in, and then picks up his hat. Yeah, and puts and it walks, on. Yeah, puts it on and walks back out. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god. That was like the creepiest. Yeah. No, that, that's one of the creepiest scenes in that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and then the thing is, like, this bowler hat man just doesn't stop haunting him. Yeah. Like, he even haunts him, like, when he gets older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even those scenes are, like, hecka creepy. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, my, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, like, when, as soon as the bowler hat man is about to leave, like, Luke like the little kid like lets out his breath and and the bowler hat man hears it and so he actually the bowler hat man turns around and comes straight to his bed and looks under the bed and then as soon as like he looks under the bed like luke screams and then like essentially like that's that's the image that stays with him for the rest of his life and and he tries to get away from like you know this ghost that's haunting him and in order to do that he um he takes drugs and he is addicted to drugs and so um his whole life he's like in and out of rehab because of this a ghost that's haunting him he doesn't know how to get rid of it um but it's just an image that just has stayed with him forever and nobody really believes him you know i really feel for luke's character you know because mm-hmm. he's like one of the twins and he was like one of the kids and and yeah. then he has this hard time like overcoming like he you see his character struggle so much you know with his drug addiction and also his siblings just always constantly not believing that he's sober um mm-hmm. which is also really really sad and then you have nell who's the youngest and she is haunted by this ghost that she calls the bent neck lady and this is very in the very 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 first episode um the very opening scene is Nell crying and telling her brother Steve and her dad that the bent neck lady is there and she can't sleep because the bent neck lady. <laughs> and yeah, so her whole life, like Nell is being haunted by this bent neck lady and she has problems with sleeping and she has like sleep paralysis in which she has hallucinations of the bent neck lady. Nell is essentially driven to madness 
through her visions and hallucinations of the bent neck lady. And she's pushed back to the house to essentially kill herself. And so that is kind of like the very, very short synopsis of all of the characters, um, or at least the children and what's happening with Hill House. So yeah, Larry, do you want any, do you want to talk about any, like, um, anything in particular that you really loved about Hill House or any standout scenes or any elements that really stand out to you? Yeah. So the funeral episode, I think oh, yeah. you remember this, John. Episode six. Like when we, Yeah. When we first watched this episode, I'm like, I freaking love this episode. It was all done in one take. <laughs> yeah. This ev- whole episode was done in one well, take. Well, in a couple actually well but yes okay. essentially but i want to exaggerate it's like <laughs> yeah. one take yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels one like take. one take yeah yeah um and i'm a huge sucker for those because the timing and the performance of all the actors all have uh-huh. to be correct mm-hmm. and I, I thought i just thought that that was they did such a good job with that yep um it, it just kind of feels like it puts you right in into that story into that world and that's why i really like one shot takes it doesn't pull you away. It does, there's nothing to hide with your editing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that's that's what I really like. Yeah, I, I really like that episode. That episode definitely stood out for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, editing, editing that one episode. What is like? It takes five minutes. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That episode is really, really well done. And then that that's the point in the um, in the episode. And it's not necessarily the funeral either. It's actually the night before the funeral um, Mm -hmm. because they all come together for the first time in such a long time. Everybody in the family is together. Um, Mm -hmm. And and you see all the tension that, that like all the tension that they're all holding against each other just gets like, like vomited, you know, um, out at one another. Um, Mm -hmm. And it feels like you're watching a play, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially that episode. Yeah, and so if you don't really like like scary movies and or stuff and or scary stuff, um, you have enough information where you can actually watch episode six and somewhat know what is going on. Um, mm-hmm. And that episode alone is worth just sitting down and watching. Yeah, I also agree. I I, I really like that episode. Um, who would you give the monologue award to? Oh man, that one's tough. <laughs> They're all so good. Yeah. I, I would give it to Theo. Yeah. Her monologue um, mm-hmm. at the end or towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end. Her monologue was really good. Yeah. I really liked hers. Yeah. But damn, it might be tied with the caretaker. <laughs> yeah. The caretaker's monologue. I was going to say. The caretaker's monologue was good too. I think the caretaker's monologue gets my award. Okay. Yeah. But it's also very closely tied to the the woman at, on, at the first episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's just so, it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk about the ending. You want to talk about the ending? Yeah. I want to talk about the ending. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned how you weren't too fond of the ending, right? Yeah. Um, Okay, so spoiler territory. If you haven't watched Hill House, watch it now. (laughs) Watch it right now. Pause this podcast. Pause this, and you can watch the rest of the podcast. You can listen to the rest of the podcast after (laughs) The 10 hours uh, you spend on Hill House. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so I think the ending is so-so. The thing that gets me about the ending, the flapper girl ghost, right? Yeah. It's just so weird to me that all of a sudden she has these magical powers and she's like 
putting them all to sleep and dragging them to the red room, you know? It's just so weird to me. I thought Olivia did that. No, it was the flapper girl. It was the flapper. Possess Olivia? <laughs> no, she never. Po- she never possessed Olivia. Oh, okay. Olivia was only acting. Olivia was acting on her own accord, but like the flapper girl ghost was the one who was essentially like coercing her into believing that the only way she could save her children is to kill them in the house. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of feels like the flapper girl ghost is an extension of the house, you know? Okay. But for some reason, she has these magical powers where she can, like, touch people on the forehead and then she can, like, make them knock out. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like a, hmm, where did that come from, you know? But then I understand the need to get them all to the red room, you know? Yeah. I understand that. Okay. But it's weird. Like, you've seen this so many, you've seen this way more than I have. And you still have questions about that? Yeah, like it just doesn't make sense. Like, really? Yeah, it's like, 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 like that's all it is. Like, you, you, you sure you haven't missed anything? I don't think I missed anything. It just, it just still doesn't make sense. Like, it's is just there commentary kind of, on that episode? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked. I, I, I will check. <laughs> yeah, definitely check. For sure. Um, yeah, and so it's just this really weird, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna drag these people back to the house one by one and then i'm gonna use this flapper girl ghost to like you know touch them on the forehead and they're gonna all knock out you know it just doesn't make much sense to me and then this idea of hugh also like sacrificing himself to make the red room door open is also a little weird to me i'm not sure if i like that idea either did you like it what did you think of it I liked the ending. I thought it was fine. Yeah. It felt very like um like something a father felt like he had to do for his kids. You know what I mean? Right. And it's it's I guess it kind of makes sense for Hugh's story because you know Hugh is like has always just trying to protect his kids and stuff like that and always trying to fix things right. saying he can fix it. Yeah, always trying to fix things, always trying to protect his kids and and in order to protect his kids, he thought that like withholding information from them was going to protect them you know Mm -hmm. but actually it doesn't like secrets and that's that's one of the themes of of this of hill house is like secrets do not work and keeping secrets from people does not work um it's all about how to tread the line of vulnerability with people Mm -hmm. um yeah because it's only when you're vulnerable with those closest to you and you're open and honest about the things that are happening in your life and the things that you're dealing with is when you can build the relationships with other people in a stronger way. Because building walls and building things around you to protect other people, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. For me, it was more like, it's not that it doesn't work. It's, it's more of like, uh, it's like unfortunate it all turned out this way. You know what I mean? Because like, even the whole time, even Hugh had trouble trying to confront or deal with with his past, with mm-hmm. Hill House, you know, and, and his wife's death too. Because, you know, his wife appears throughout the series, you know what I mean? As something that he kind of conjures up yeah, constantly. Yeah, a part of his brain. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I don't blame you for doing that towards the end that's when he realizes that the the one thing he can do instead of just hiding all these things you know is to do whatever it, it was needed to make sure his kids were safe you know what i mean mm-hmm. but you know keeping secrets wasn't one of them right and part of that was also telling steve everything that that happened at like right. at the very end at the very last episode that's what that's what hugh does he tells steve 
everything that happened. And then Steve essentially inherits the house and, and figures out that the dad is actually dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the ending is so-so. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Didn't they also, he made a promise to the caretakers too. Yeah, he did. Th- yeah, that's another reason why he couldn't say anything. I mean, you mean why he couldn't say anything to his kids? Why he just couldn't say anything in general. Yeah, even to his kids. Isn't that part of it? The promise to, to the caretakers was that he wasn't going to burn down the house. That was, was his it? promise. Yeah. It wasn't that he wasn't going to tell anybody. Because he, after what had happened with like Olivia killing herself in the house, like he basically wanted to destroy the house and like burn it down. But the caretakers were like, oh, no, you can't do that because our daughters are here or our children are here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he promises them that he won't burn down the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think it was to keep them a secret. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Do I want to say anything else about this? Other than you love this, this, <laughs> yeah. this show? <laughs> this TV show? Yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. We like it a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah We're yeah, flan yeah. boys. We're flan, boys. <laughs> flan boys for life. <laughs> Sounds funny. <laughs> Plan boys. Oh man. Um I think that's it. I don't think there's anything else. I feel like there might be and I'm just forgetting. And I'm gonna remember and I'm gonna be like, Oh no What else is there to say? Is there nothing else to get off your chest? I mean, you know, maybe we can show? offer a little bit of a perspective from like Asian American like themes and stuff like that. You just want to talk about this. <laughs> you just want to keep talking about this. <laughs> Maybe. Like personally, like the show is fine. This sh- this show is great. The show is awesome. Uh, very character driven, very character centric. And you don't see that done well very often now. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have character arcs. And uh, like whenever I watch shows or uh, stories or whatever, one of my biggest thing is like if you can – make a secondary character have a really really good like story arc then you pretty much like have my stamp of approval you know yeah and this and this show basically like all of them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. all all of them had their own personal story arcs and they were able to kind of go through it and we were able to kind of see it you know Mm -hmm. sometimes people are just so uh focused on like the overall plot the overarching story you know like where is this even going but it's more of like you know like it doesn't really matter where it goes it's more about where the characters go Mm -hmm. you know and how they kind of confront and how they handle it and what they take out of it at the end you know yeah yeah i would also add that like it's easier for people to just focus on the plot and use character tropes to tell you know their story and i think modern horror and also non-western storytelling kind of goes against that and begs for people to use deeper complex characters to talk about and to tell their story and so yeah i mean i love this tv show y'all and i cannot say i cannot praise it any more than i have and so please 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 go watch this please Mm -hmm. please (laughs) i have nothing else to say so that about does it for our episode on the haunting of hill house if you have not seen this please do i will sit down and watch it with you all over again because that's how much i love this tv show um we keep saying film because we're so used to doing films (laughs) (laughs) that this is our first is this our first tv show oh my gosh it might be it might be our first TV show. Yeah, I think it yeah, is. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So well, we keep saying film because we're so used to watching films. Yeah. But... 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but watch this TV show, y'all. Please, 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 please. Yes. So tomorrow, we're actually, this kind of wraps up most of our um, full feature TV show sort of like coverage. Um, and so um, tomorrow, we're going to be covering three short films. And so you have absolutely no excuse to not watch it with us because they're short films. They're like eight to ten minutes each. I think they might even be shorter. Like some, No, no, they're shorter. They're like five they're, minutes. They're, they're shorter. Yeah. Even shorter. Yeah, even shorter than that. Yeah. So go mm-hmm. watch. They're all on YouTube too for free. Okay? The first one is called Bedfellows. The second one is called A Tap at the Window. And the third one is called Lights Out. So go ahead and YouTube those bad boys and um, watch them. And then come and talk with us about them tomorrow. Thank you all for tuning in. See you next time. (laughs) 